Hey, what's up, Good Dudes Grow 2.0? I'm your host, Gary Roberts. And on today's show, we will talk to the CEO and Chief Medical Advisor of Canigma, a factual-based cannabis information site for everybody. So if you're looking for cannabis information, this is the site to go to, and we've got the people who have created. Stay tuned. Let me first start out by saying thank you to Podcast Powertrain for helping produce my show. These are the guys you need behind you if you're looking to start your podcast. Also, I'd like to thank... Powered by Riverside FM. That's right. Our show is powered by Riverside FM, one of the best platforms to actually have a podcast on. So I'm going to have some links at the end of the show or in the show notes. Check them out. These are the two people that you need to get up, get with to make your podcast top 100. medicine and psychedelics on mental and physical health we're bringing you stories of how these medicines have changed lives and can save lives we want to teach you the healing power of plant-based medicine this is the good dudes grow 2.0 hey good dudes grow welcome back to the show like i said in the intro i am excited to have the ceo elena goldberg of Kenigma and her chief medical advisor, Cody, Dr. Cody Peterson, on the show. For those of you who don't know, uh, the Kenigma is a evidence-based approach to everything cannabis. Basically, if you want information, it's done through research. They, they go everything through cooking to medical research, uh, strains, different types. They've got everything on their website. So anything you want to know about cannabis, basically, it is the go-to place to go. So you need to check it out, Kenigma.com. Check that out after the show. We'll also put it in the show links. But I'm really excited because I want to ask a bunch of questions and get them from you guys. You know, instead of reading it, get it from the, the sources right away and even maybe bring up some stuff that you guys haven't thought about looking at that are not on the website that a lot of basically first responders are actually interested in looking to. So it'll be great to have you, you Cody, input on that because like he, he said in the beginning of the show, he actually trained some paramedics. He's actually a, a physician in the, uh, the medical and the medical ER. So we'll get to him a little bit. Actually, you know what? Let's start with you and give a little background on, on yourself. That'll be, that'll be a lot easier yeah, than explaining absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it, it would. And, and that's okay. I don't expect you to know the, all the crazy intricacies of, of what I'm doing. But for, first and foremost, I'm a pediatric pharmacist. And I work in the emergency department alongside physicians and nurses. And we take care of the kiddos who come in both you know, through the emergency department doors in an ambulance or this, you know, those who, who walk in and wait in the ED. You know, I help service all of the the you know air flights and paramedics with all of their medications and protocols and orders and all that. Now, in addition to that, I've also decided to become a cannabis science expert. I went and got my master's degree in cannabis science, and in that process, um, someone from the Kenigma uh, saw my my post on LinkedIn and said, "Hey, I really think we could use your skill set over here, creating content and trying to educate a larger audience." Which which is really what I aim to do. I really want to talk to as many people as I can to destigmatize, normalize, and really just get to a point where we can, we can use cannabis uh, both as medicine and as recreation without any stigma. That's great. Elena, you got started, you were prior, you were in also, you were in media prior to actually joining Kenigma. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So I guess, uh, you know, digital journalism has been the, the bulk of my career. Um, I started out when I first moved from Australia. This is not an Israeli accent, as you probably guessed. Uh, when I moved over to Israel uh, 16 years ago, uh, one of my first jobs here was working for the Jerusalem Post. This is the main English language uh, newspaper in Israel. 
working in like the fast paced environment of a 24 hour news cycle where it's like, you know, it's not like just working on one edition per day like it used to be in the news. It was just constantly, uh, you know, broadcasting news from the Middle East. So it was kind of um, a really good school uh, for creating online content. That's where my career started and I worked on a number of different websites until I joined up with the other founders of the Kenigma uh, and, and got to kind of join my love for digital content with my love for cannabis. So it's pretty much a dream job for me at this point. <laughs> so, so explain, I'm going to ask you both the same question. You, like you said, it was your dream job to actually get into cannabis. Did you both foresee a job in cannabis or did you, was it just like recreation at the beginning and then, <laughs> no, you know, it became not. a job afterwards? <laughs> Well, actually, I mean, my love story in cannabis started when I was like 13 or 14 back in Sydney. Um, but around my late 20s, I think I was 30 when I decided to take a break from all substances. I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking. I had my kids during that time. Uh, I spent about eight years uh, focusing mainly on meditation, actually. And so when I was presented with this opportunity, I didn't even think of myself as someone that knew anything about cannabis. It was a specifically medical cannabis focus. Um, I knew at that point in my career, I'd been speaking to a number of recruiters and they all knew that I was looking for something with meaning. So this particular recruiter was really excited to bring this to me. She said, here you go, you're looking to change the world, you know, some sort of hippie. Go, you know, <laughs> talk to these guys. And I was, I found it very compelling, but I didn't even put it together until we started creating the content. And so, you know, the first content we created on the website was all focused around specific conditions or indications and how cannabis can help and what research, what we know and what we don't know from the research. So we're putting this together and like, I don't, I don't have a medical background. I don't, you know, there, I was looking at it from a content perspective. I was working out how we could simplify really complicated concepts and topics, all that sort of thing. But when we started doing the next level of like, okay, great. So people have decided that, you know, they read this content, they decided I want to try cannabis for anxiety, but how do I roll a joint? Uh, what's a bong? Why do people put ice in their bong? And suddenly I realized, oh, I have the answers to all these questions. I actually have like 20 years of experience in this. And when I found myself, I remember one time I had the whole office and I was explaining what a double chamber bong was. I was like, if 16-year-old me knew that in like, you know, 20 years' time, she's going to be standing in a room full of Israeli men explaining to them the intricacies of the bongs that you used to make like behind the scout hall, I never would have believed you. <laughs> this was not on my radar in the slightest. Unsurprisingly, I started consuming cannabis again a few months after that point. And yeah, the rest is history. That's we have amazing. been reunited. Yeah. That is, that is an amazing story. Now, pediatric medicine, cannabis, not something that seems to relate in most people's eyes. How did you get involved in that? Well, most people don't understand that, that pediatrics and cannabis are intricately related. In fact, I have prescription medications approved for pediatric use in the hospital made strictly from cannabinoids. We've got Marinol, which is Dronabinol or a synthetically made THC. And we give this to children who are fighting cancer to help stimulate their appetite and help them with nausea and vomiting. And then beyond that, looking at kids with seizures, now starting in a, somewhere around 2016 or 2018, there is a drug, uh, a CBD. Uh, it's a, pretty much a CBD isolate, but it is actually come from the, the cannabis plant. And that's in the hospital. That's aside from before I got into cannabis, medicine, right? So there is an intrinsic connection. And the second thing is cannabis is medicine, right? We don't have to treat medicine like medicine all the time, but, but inherently cannabinoids are medicine because of the intricate endocannabinoid system that's inside of you, me, and all of, you know, Mother Earth's creatures. And so this ECS that, that cannabis stimulates uh, is widespread in our bodies. And therefore, when we take 
THC or other cannabinoids, we get a very inherent effect on the system so we can use it as medicine. We don't know what dose or what ratios or which terpenes quite yet, uh, but it, it is definitely medicine and anyone who's discrediting that isn't, isn't paying attention to the science. Awesome. Awesome answer. So I'm going to try and create a little platform here. So the Canigua, basically, it's not just a platform, like you said, just to make the what's out there already easier to read, but it's actually does the research on what actually the content you create so that when you provide the information, there's medical research back from it, correct? So I, I, I sort of uh, oversee the scientific team. Uh, and, and really what we're trying to do is we're trying to do an unofficial peer review. We're trying to make sure that an expert has read over the content that is, you know, optimized for SEO. We want to get accurate content in front of people's eyes who are asking the question. So what we're doing is we're adding an extra layer of, of clarity and an extra layer of professionalism where we're act, ensuring that we, we cite scientific research if people want to learn more. But in addition to that, people can just know they can trust what they're reading because a pharmacist or a cultivation expert has reviewed the article and it hasn't just been written by someone who's optimized it for Google. Great. Lainey, you want to elaborate on that? What's your take on that? <laughs> What's that, Cody? What's your take on that? You want to you want to elaborate more on that on how how your 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 you guys work in conjunction together? Yeah, look, I think Cody kind of touched on it. It's it's a really rigorous content creation uh, process that we've developed at the Canigua, and I think it's 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 what gives us the stamp of approval. It's why people um, why we why we kind of have feedback across the industry saying that, you know, this is simultaneously content that meets very, very high standards and yet is also digestible uh, by the layman. You know, that's really what we're going for. Doesn't like it, uh, most of the primary source material, I think we can call it, that our content is based on is completely available on Google for anyone to look at. Anyone can go to PubMed and read all of these studies. But the question is, do they know how to interpret the studies? Do they know how to contextualize them? Do they need, know how to kind of put them together with the rest of the body of evidence and then answer a simple question, which is, can cannabis help my anxiety or something like that, you know? And in order for us to answer that question in less than 20,000 words that nobody's going to read and probably most people aren't going to understand, uh, there's a lot of work that goes on behind that. It's like that famous uh, quote that I think is like, if you Google it, there's like 20 different people who have been attributed uh, as, as the writer of this quote, but I wanted to write you uh, a long letter, but I, a short letter, but I didn't have time, so I wrote you a long letter. <laughs> so it's like, you know, really, really condensing this content is, is, uh, is quite a lengthy process. And it starts off from the ideation point. You know, we decide something we want to write about. Maybe it's come in because we've found, as Cody mentioned, an organic traffic opportunity. What that means is we've identified that this is a question a lot of people are asking to Google. Or it might be, you know, a trend that we see, uh, kind of an idea from one of our scientific advisors. They bring it in. We decide, OK, we're going to tackle this topic. And it starts already at that stage that we've got, we generally have a meeting with, an, with you know, the relevant advisor or a couple of advisors, maybe, maybe it's over text, maybe it's over email, whatever it is. We bring everyone's kind of perspectives together, including the search research. So we make sure that we're getting this information in front of the people who are looking for it on a number of different terms because, you know, we don't all search for things in the same way. 
and then it gets written and then it goes back to the editor and then it goes to a reviewer. Then Cody generally has a look at it. Then I generally have a look at it. Then it gets one final edit and then it goes up on the website. And that's like 10 touch points I just mentioned. Um, that's like 10 different kind of uh, experts looking at it in some different way, shape or form. So it's a lengthy process. It's an expensive process, you know, times money. Um, and uh, that's how we've been building this standard. And I think that's, you know, and it's something, by the way, that is an ongoing process because, you know, by the time we finish that process, put an article up, someone's released another study. And we have to, listen, we don't always have to add, if there's a study that's simply supporting the findings of an existing study, we don't necessarily need to update every article on the site. But if it changes our understanding of a topic or of a molecule or of a, you know, a treatment direction, um, then it's something that we do like to go back. But, you know, with over 2,000 different articles in our English language website alone, it's, it's like uh, quite a task keeping it all maintained. So we have to prioritize there. But it's, it's really very much a, a living process. That's perfect. That's kind of like what I wanted to get down. I want to get that, that platform down. And what Cody said, uh, said before about uh, cannabis being uh, medication, it's for people like myself in first responder industry and for most, for you guys who don't know, especially a lot of my listeners know, but you guys, I don't know if you know my story. I lost my daughter to an opiate dependency and that's how I got involved in, in CBD and cannabis because I was trying to find, she was strong she kept going to rehab and wanted to get out and I wanted to find a way because every time she got out of rehab, she'd have more medication. And I'm like, well, this is, this is not supposed to happen. You don't go in to get off something and come out with more. It's just not, it just makes absolutely no sense in my mind. And that's when Florida decided to start going down the medical cannabis route. And I said, well, this might be something that can actually help her. And before we could actually get a, a CBD product or, or they signed the bill down here, she passed away on her 27th birthday. Actually, the day, exactly the day she was born, she ended up leaving leaving us. So we, we, we decided to go down this path of let's find out, we need to change the way addiction is done. We need to figure out, okay, let's bring this plant-based medicine out. Let's bring this medication out in the open. And at the same time, let's create some stuff for first responders because listen, we, I'll be honest, we drink, we, you know, we hide, we suppress our feelings for over 30 years. You know, we, we need to find releases and most of the releases we do find aren't healthy releases. And so I'm like, well, what if we can use this type of product and trying to destigmatize it into a, how do you say, kind of like a military organization is so difficult without having the quality, like you said, information backing it that people can actually understand. And this is where, you know, yeah. going back to Cody, how, how did you guys like, for me to find out that this stuff is actually, you know, you're bringing it into the medical and using pediatrics, you know, I tell it to like people in my, they don't still believe it. It's still stigmatized. How, is that what Kenigma is actually about? Trying to get rid of that so everybody understands that we're not all here about, you know, bonging out and eating a bunch of Doritos on shift. We actually want the medication itself. Well, I mean, I think we're, we're here for both. I think that if you if you look and you read about sort of what our ethos is, is you'll find that that we very much think that that we need to get as much information about cannabis and the endocannabinoid system and the ways to use this to as many people as possible, both patients, right, and help patients understand and get that information, but also to consumers because we don't think that cannabis should be prohibited and, and illegal. Uh, it, it's really in we think that the war on drugs has really done more harm than good. So and created, you know, problems with alcohol and cigarettes with no disregard, but totally, you know, dismissed substances that haven't harmed people like cannabis or minimally like psychedelics. Right. And so there's really needs to be this come back to the table and rediscuss 
what's a drug and does it matter how many people it hurts? And if so, we might need to get rid of some of these other substances. But the truth of the matter is it makes more sense to let people, especially in this country, do what it, do what it is uh, that, that they please as we, we claim to support individual freedom. Uh, but what I want to touch on is, is I do have experience working with first responders, Gary. I teach paramedics pharmacology at a local EMT school. I've been doing that for a few years. And, and I touched, I talked to the, you know, the, the teachers, right, who come in and moonlight. And all of these men, almost always, although there is an increasing amount of women, thankfully, entering the field. Um, but, but generally, you know, these old firefighters in, in southern Orange County, and they are beat up, right? And they, they don't use they have had a period in their life where they drink heavily or they continue to drink pretty regularly, but they still struggle with pain every day. They tried pills that don't work and they come to me and they're like, hey, you're the cannabis guy, right? What, what, what should I do? Right. And, and there's a lot of conversations that happen around. Oh, I thought it was I thought it burned out my brain. My 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 chief is going to just like ring, ring me out. What if I get hurt on the job? All these conversations come up. These are concerns that are held by not just first responders, but particularly by them, uh, because they've also seen all of the bad things that the substances can do and what cannabis really hasn't done. Right. They're like, I don't ever respond to a guy with a needle in his arm and then a, a nug sticking out of that like it just doesn't happen right i don't ever narcan somebody because they look dead for weed um so i think what we have is is a stigmatization problem and definitely the best way to get there is education and that means educating the consumer it means educating healthcare professionals and hopefully at some point educating our legislators and the, the decision makers policy makers through advocacy and, and all of those things and i think we do that through google Right. As much as our policymakers might be someone who we think high and fancy and has has somebody advising them, they have Google. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Elena, on that point, do you see uh, the ability of Kenigma helping in that point? Do you see them, the research that you guys doing, allowing uh, those doors to be open much, how do you say it, easier? Uh, You know, because it is it is a tough question. It is like uh, Dr. Pearson said, it's tough to talk about to your chiefs and everything else. They're open-minded to it, but they're still, like he said, you know, we're not really sure this, this, we're not sure about this yet. And then we have the old process. And this is one of the things I was trying to find on your site is I found a thing about how to detox from THC, but the testing process where it's completely, I had this huge thing with the testing process because it doesn't really test the active ingredient. So federally legal CBD, low CBD, we can take. But we can't take it because we test for the substance that's inactive. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so that's that's a, that's two different points. So there's two different things going on there. So number one, yes, the urine drug screen screens for a THC metabolite that let, lingers for many weeks longer than THC itself. Okay, so that's number one. So this is a bias test, especially when we're looking at urine and not others. The second thing you're talking about is taking. Uh, a CBD product that's legal according to the 2018 Farm Bill, less than 0.3% THC, but still can contain THC. And that urine drug screen will very much over time, in, in studies say between 7 and 21 days on a hemp product, you will pop positive for THC. So you're not in the clear if you're using a full spectrum hemp product as a first response. Correct. Right. Well, that's 100%. That's, but I was trying to, I was trying to say, let's, let's, can we create some an article and, and on a not on a bias standpoint of, hey, listen, we understand that the 0.30% is an inactive, you won't be psychoactive to where it'll actually 
cause the uh, 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 an issue with you doing your job kind of thing. You, you understand what I'm saying? This metabolite testing and all that, the testing they're doing is not testing for the product that's showing that we're impaired on the job. So I'm trying to change the wording for most first responders. Like we want to try and find a test. Is there a test out there that, that shows THC levels itself, the impairment, not the impairment, but the active ingredient and not the non-active with, if that makes sense. Yeah, there we can look at all of these and there are existing studies looking at blood THC. Right. You know, there's not a very good urine THC because most THC isn't excreted actively in the urine. In fact, all of the cannabinoids are most present in our poop, Gary. We poop most of them out. Uh, and so uh, anyway, when we look at tests that look at direct THC, yes, we can. Right. But then that doesn't really get us where we need to be. We could get to this point where we're like, okay, you haven't been taking very much THC, but one, there will be genetic differences and this test will be biased towards some people. And we don't know who those people are, uh, but we'd have to go looking into it. But number two, probably most importantly, there is no level of impairment that's been associated with, with THC. And they continue to do this. UCSD just came out with a, a driving study and, and, you know, they just cannot correlate how your driving is relative to your THC because it has everything to do with you, your endocannabinoid system, your metabolism, your body fat. Is it the same true for blood so alcohol much. level though? It is less variable. Alcohol does not go into one certain part of the body, right? It doesn't go mm -hmm. to the fat like can cannabinoids do. Alcohol goes into every nook and cranny of the body. So your blood alcohol content is generally your true alcohol content. Right, but like if I'm at 0.05 blood scary. alcohol level, which is what they're checking for in Australia, 0.05, like if you're over that, then you're, you're, you know, that's a DOI in Australia. I don't know what the levels are in different uh, jurisdictions. Oh, eight. Oh, I can get here. a good buzz yeah. for that. Anyway, <laughs> but the point yeah. is that my, my 0.05 and your 0.05 might not necessarily be the same impairment, right? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. And so, the way alcohol is both distributed in the body and cleared from the body are unique compared to many medications. And therefore, it's easier to make linear assessments of the drug level. So it's just less Easier. Yeah, you're not wrong, though. And right. This is Correct. why our content right. takes exactly. us so long 100%. to produce, it's more because we end up having conversations like this. <laughs> well, trust me, I have these same conversations around the firehouse because, I, you know, I've went through this whole thing of, of like, okay, so we can just change the words in our testing, like remove uh, urinalysis for a blood metabolite and just, it, it just uh, for urine metabolite and just go for a blood THC level. Because all we want to know is there if there's an and active ingredient. It can be 90 days for a heavy user, no? Well, no. No, the active THC level would only linger right. for But only say, a week. If I smoke uh, a joint now and you test me in a week and I test positive, come on. <laughs> well, it would be much shorter than that with the single use. I was trying to right. make the longest possible window. And so that it's still not a good test for determining. Then let's say once you get the THC level, what oh. is the level at which you would take in Right. You have to right. determine that. And what are you going to base that level on some arbitrary number that doesn't really serve us? No, the truth of the matter is, is no other medication. Are we are we testing yeah. before? Like, oh, is your level high? You know, are you prescribed this medicine from your doctor and are you impaired on the job? Those are the only two questions that matter with every other medicine. This is why this this is bullshit. Now, do we need a way to test people for driving? I do believe so. 
Um, THC alone has mild effects on driving, but uh, when combined with alcohol, there are very significant effects in levels of impairment that, that we've seen and an increased risk of crashing. So I propose we find a test that can that can accommodate both of those things, right? In one visual, whatever. We need to it looks go back like to these tests. Put somebody's head in a little, oh, it looks like an old camera. I mean, maybe not that one in particular, but but I think we can go back to a physical assessment or watch somebody's eye movement. Let's use some AI to figure this out, but let's stop pretending like everybody's body is the same and everybody's weed that they smoked is the same in level of impairment. That will never be the case simply based on the endocannabinoid system and differences. Between perfect. Them. That was a perfect conversation I wanted. So <laughs> I wanted some, some a whole round table of medical advice kind of. I want to let you know one other thing, Gary, in the production process right now. So I'm not going to give you a timeline, but it'll probably take a week longer than I want. Uh, we have an article about will CBD cause a positive drug test. So whatever you were looking for, it sounds like uh, we have an article. And you should know honest, many other people are asking this question as well. You're not alone. To be honest, I am actually, I know, I know pretty much the answer from, you know, Pretty much, it'll probably will unless it's an isolate that's that's guaranteed. If, if it's a urinalysis test, that's that's you know that's automatic. There you go. I'm trying to look for an argument that it could be a very good argument to bring. Like you said, the argument you said it's an impairment uh, to a, to a medication. You know, we have we have firefighters who are taking Adderall, which will you know they'll still take a a, a test and be positive for a uh, 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 what is it? Uh, is it amphetamine? I think yeah. amphetamines. But as long as they have the script, it's cool. So they can go out and you know, you know do a line of cocaine, show their script, and we don't have an issue with that. Or we can go out and get drunk, come back, and the next day be hungover. We don't have an issue with that. And their excuse with cannabis is that oh, you're all going to smoke in a job. Well, no, hang on a second. I can literally take cocaine on the job, but it's okay with my script. And I can drink on a job, but you're going to tell me you're worried about me, you know, rolling one up and smoking on a job. That's what you're telling me. And, and not even on the job, potentially days or weeks before the job. That's the whole problem. If it was actually testing for the window you're talking about, it would be better. So I hear you on like, this is a rational move in the right direction. But what I'm telling you is, is if we reset it up in that way, we're putting ourselves in another place to get pigeonholed again between two rocks and a hard place. We need to get away from this stigmatized bullshit. Right. And, and we need to test for impairment. Right. right? Especially if someone has a prescription. Right. Like especially then. But but period. So um, I wanted to say one other thing, Gary, but I, I can't recall. Um, <laughs> Cannabis has was, so, so don't short term memory, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard and I've experienced. I like I, like, I love that one. I'll be like talking to my friend. I'll be like, oh, I can't remember. <laughs> do you think there's any medicine I'm taking? Do <laughs> like, you, you think it could be anything that I'm so doing? I, are, are, <laughs> Uh, what's interesting is that, yeah, long-term memory isn't as as affected uh, and and uh, how we store our memories. So we kind of forget what we wanted to say, but right. we tend to not forget. Like a question on, on, on the Kenigma. Do you, since the uh, the trending, and you mentioned before, psychedelic markets growing almost exponentially a little bit faster than the cannabis, because cannabis, it kind of stalled, and now everybody's jumping on the, the psychedelic. Do you see that the Kenigma is starting to work in... <laughs> starting offering articles and research down those avenues and, and spreading out in that areas? Yeah, we're doing that at the moment. Actually, our, our last big editorial meeting, we probably spent, what, Cody, at least a quarter of that meeting talking psychedelics. 
deciding on our moves there. So we've got some really interesting content coming out there um, in that space. Some of it, you know, comparisons between cannabis and psychedelics and some really just like turning completely and looking at psychedelics, kind of bringing that same approach that we were talking about earlier into the psychedelics uh, topic. Um, we also just started working with a psychedelics brand. This is the first time that we've uh, promoted uh, a non-cannabis specific product on the site. Um, so this is a really important milestone. It's a, a, a ketamine treatment app um, called New Life. So we've created some content around that as well. Yeah, so definitely leaning in. Um, I, I, I concur with you that it looks like psychedelics is kind of coming in for some sort of overtake there. And I think a lot of it has to do with the stigma, to be honest just like the stigma is so much heavier on cannabis um, and I think more racially based, but maybe that's a can of worms we don't need to open right now. But, but on, a medical, yeah, on a medical standpoint, can't ignore it. psychedelics is a lot easier to study because it's, it's, it's a singular molecule, single compound, so it's... Well, hold on. Not really. If we look at, almost, you know, psychedelics before LSD, we were talking about plants. And really, LSD is from a plant as well. People were using ergot alkaloids uh, hundreds of years ago and, in, in effect, using LSD. Um, but in addition to that, we have mushrooms, which, yes, it's psilocybin. But there are other components in these mushrooms and there could be different strains of those as well. So, so we have a long way to go. And it is a little simpler. And here's why I'll tell you, Gary. Because this, these uh, psychedelics work on the serotonin system. A very important system, but a system that we have a very strong understanding of. We've, we've studied intensively and tar you made drugs to target it, all of these things. And... Although it's in all parts of the brain, it only responds to serotonin, right? This is the, the molecule it's designed for. The endocannabinoid system is the feedback system that interlinks all of these systems, right? So it touches serotonin, but it also touches epinephrine in your body. It touches the dopamine levels, the hormone levels. So the ECS, the endocannabinoid system, connects all of the serotonin system with the rest of the body, as opposed to just strongly igniting the serotonin system. So this is a little more like drugs, that are of traditional sense, as opposed to this endocannabinoid system, which is this uh, on, the, uh, on both your opinion, the ECS system, do you, do you foresee or believe that this system should begin being a lot, begin being taught a lot more in, in the medical industry? Do you, do you, do you see, yes. A, do you see that <laughs> happening and B, yes, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as it should. And yes, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, this this goes without saying, um, you know, I, I teach my paramedics about the endocannabinoid system because I think it's just fun to teach about. But what I can say is, you know, we really need to teach people really about all the fats, what they do and how important they are. And one of those functions is the endocannabinoid system. And the endocannabinoid system does a lot of really important things. So absolutely um, it needs to be integrated earlier and, and I'm working on this right so I, I teach a, a class to UCSD students in their pharmacy school and medical school they can take a cannabis science and cannabis medicine class I got my master's degree in cannabis science and therapeutics I'm now teaching a, or we, ju we just found out yesterday from the dean that we've got offered the opportunity to teach a cannabis class at UC Irvine so like it, there's, there's a cannabis class at USC there's a cannabis class at UCLA so it's finally happening and once we have pharmacists and physician buy-in it, it, it shifts right and then insurers have to get on board and now whatever now is this all perfect no i want both i want doctors and medicine 
But we cannot forget about adult consumers who want to buy an herb and consume it as they wish. And that can look a lot of different ways, in my opinion. It can go, even go down to the farmer's market um, if people are choosing. So I think we need different paths. Medicine. Interesting theory. What about, and, what about your theory, Leila? Yes and yes. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. I'm with Katie on this. <laughs> so, so last question. Uh, where do you see Canadian Red going from here? How we know we a little touched a little bit on the psychedelics. What? Because of course, we can't keep repeating the same articles. We know we're going to get more articles. But is are we just waiting for more research to come out? Is that what we're doing, or are you just diving into stuff that nobody's really thought about? I mean, I think it's a bit of both. Like, first of all, I really believe in the kind of consistently and, and like persistently growing. And you say, you know, you can't just keep writing articles, but honestly, we haven't run out of topics yet. There was like a moment in the first few months when I was, we were putting together like, I don't know, 500,000 initial ideas. And I was like, wow, you know, at some time, some point we're going to run out of ideas here and just has not happened. So, you know, people are going to keep asking questions. Uh, we have new jurisdictions coming online, you know, weekly, monthly. We're a glo global publication as well. So there's a whole lot of different levels of consumer understanding for us to be speaking to here. So in some places, you know, the consumers are getting more and more um, sophisticated and so we can speak to them on a different level. But there are some places where, you know, in Israel, medical patients, for example, are still only getting THC and CBD levels. So there's, you know, any information we can give them about terpenes simply isn't useful for them because they're not getting that information about the products they're buying, at least not without having to like, you know, do some pretty crazy online searches to find it anyway. Um, so I think first of all, just creating content persistently according to you know, the questions that people are asking is certainly an ongoing goal of ours, but there's a few big things that we're developing, uh, coming up. Uh, we're really leaning into cultivation content over the next, uh, six months or so. Um, so we're coming out with our, uh, grow guide. It's a beginner's guide to growing. Uh, we've got a number of different expert partnerships that we're developing here and also working with some brands in the industry. Um, so that it's not just like, here's all the theory and then you've got to work out, okay, well, what do I need to buy for my indoor grow outdoor or whatever it is actually working with, you know, some brands that we trust in the industry to make some, uh, credible recommendations for our readers. So that's going to be a free downloadable ebook. Uh, anyone who's signed up to any of the Kenigma channels will get emails about it. No worries. So you can't miss it. And if you're not signed up, now's the time to go do it on the website. Um, we're also, I mean, I'm particularly excited because we're going to be over in uh, Las Vegas for MJ BizCon in November. And so we're planning a bit of fun there together with uh, Chef Jordan Wagman. Uh, he's our culinary advisor. Um, so we're going to be putting on an infused, an infused soiree. Oh, it's got an upgraded an name. Soiree. I was going to say event, but Cody chucked in soiree there. Um, <laughs> and then also, you know, we talked a lot about the content. We have articles, we have videos, we have infographics, we have a podcast as well on the Kenigma. Um, but, you know, something that I've learned through uh, all of these years in digital content is that people consume content in different ways. And there are some people that like reading, some people like watching videos. I'm always going to read the article and I know plenty of other people that are going to absorb the information better if they get it in like a kind of passive consumption mode, like with a podcast. Um but there are, I think, yeah, that's Cody. So I think really uh, there's like a subset across there of people that want to interact with the content and, they, and we're looking for more and more personalized answers when we go online. So we're developing these interactive tools as well so that people can come onto the website, answer a few different questions and get a recommendation, kind of something like a 
chemical profile printout of like, you know, you can go to the dispensary and, you know, I'm looking for something that looks more or less like this little laundry list I got from the Kenigma. Um, so we've got a beta version of that tool up on the website and we're further developing it. And we're also developing some uh, cooking tools. So like edibles, dosage calculators, infusion uh, calculators, this sort of thing. Just like really useful tools so that people can get the information they're looking for and get on with their day. You know, they don't, not everyone wants to nerd out about weed with us all day. Some people <laughs> just want to get the answer to their question and, you know, get to work knowing that they're not going to get arrested for taking the CBD tincture. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of like the, the immediate vision and the long term there. That's, that's awesome. We, we definitely have something in common though. I'll tell you what, because, uh, with the, uh, death of my daughter, uh, we decided to start creating something out in Costa Rica. We've actually decided to create a, a facility that's going to do treatment, education, and research on cannabis and psychedelics. So we'd actually Thanks. building a five-star resort of the all-inclusive, only all-inclusive cannabis and psychedelic resort in Latin America. And wow. uh, Jordan is actually going to be helping us create the, uh, the <laughs> resort in an infused restaurant. Oh my gosh, amazing. So yes, we would love to come and visit whenever you're ah, That's so funny. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Oh, we're all, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, always. We're yeah, always I'm looking, looking we're, we're always looking to partner up with different people right now. Like we just bought the 25 <laughs> acres out there uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, we're working with the government out there to yeah. actually help them create proper licensing for the uh, the retreats out there because, you know, there's some of them are a little bit of uh, unworking in the gray area. So mm. we, we're working with our partners in Canada, UK and Australia to design something that actually the government can help support the government as well as support treatment, education and research. Wow. Sounds like a really beautiful tribute. Yeah, it makes sense uh, to, to try to give a place where people can work through trauma, especially as a group, especially, at, you know, in a safe space, one that we know that, you know, would have first responders, <laughs> you know, there to, there to support, you know, any medical emergencies. That exactly. Arise, which and that was our main rare, focus. Our main focus was safety and then having a medical oversight. So we're excited about that. So when you mentioned Jordan, Jordan, I'm like, damn, I want to go there. Cause I, cause every time he posts something, I'm like, exactly. you're me hungry. You're killing me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He, he really does a great job. We're very happy to have him uh, on the team. And, and Definitely. Sort of, if they, I don't know. So besides following the Canadian.com, if they wanted to follow special. each of your journeys and the different things that you guys got going on, where, what social medias could they follow? Yeah, LinkedIn and Instagram is the best for me. Yeah, I mean, definitely hit me on LinkedIn if you want to do business. But if you're just like, oh, I really like this guy. I want to follow his content. Instagram is a great place to find me. It's cannabis, my favorite flower, followed by my degree, P-H-A-R-M-D. Uh, so uh, yeah, I just started then, my new Instagram. Uh, so I've got a new Instagram, Instagram profile called Hannah Mummy in the Moment. You're into the I think it might be too long. I look at shortening <laughs> that. Anyway, that's what it is for now. Because I had a blog originally, which was called Mama in the Moment, and then it's I just added long. the weed on yeah, there. It's, so it's uh, like this intersection of cannabis and parenting and, and mindfulness. Uh, it's kind of the triangle that I'm uh, playing around with for most of my life, really, um, but specifically on my Instagram. But yeah, like Cody said. LinkedIn's uh, generally a pretty good place to find me and connect. 
Well, sounds good. We're going to put all the links in the, in the show notes. This way they can actually follow you guys. Uh, I appreciate both of you for coming on the show. It was great, great information, great uh, back and forth. I love everything. And again, your site, uh, I took a quick look at it. Like you said, it's it, there's a plethora of information that I never thought I would actually see because I saw other sites that had basically medical information, but you guys got, got everything, like you said, from cooking to rolling to you name it. You know, this is a one-stop shop for whatever you're looking to. So if anybody's listening and they want to get the, the, the information on cannabis and soon to be psychedelics this is the site you guys want to have uh, linked onto your uh, desktops definitely thanks so much for having us gary it's my pleasure hey everybody thank you for listening to the show and like i said at the beginning of the show i'll have some links for you so if you're interested in starting your podcast yourself one of the best places to go is podcast powertrain right now they're doing an, an amazing offer for all their course material if you want to actually help get your uh, show ranked all you got to do is go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash powertrain and you'll get all the information there also if you're looking for a platform not sure which platform to use to record your show on riverside fm is the one we use you can also go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash riverside check them out and you will not be disappointed again thank you for listening to the show and we will see you well we'll see you but 